May that be our prayer, my soul. You can't cling to God if you're clinging to everything else. We have to let go of some things in order to cling to God. And how, how less appealing they are when we're clinging to God. Amen. May God be the only one we cling to. Thank you for the beautiful message and song sung by the most beautiful woman in all of the world. Amen. Happy Valentine's Day to me. Amen. Job chapter 1. Job chapter number 1 in the word of God. Greater love hath no man than this, and a man lay down his life for his friend. We ought to know what love's all about, don't we? We certainly do. Job 1. Let's get a few more nuggets from the word of God. All you can eat, right? All you can eat. Did you come with an appetite? Well, there's plenty to go around. Verse 6 says, now there was a day. Yep, those days, they come. When the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. We know who those are, don't we? Job 1, 6, the sons of God. Who are they? Angels. That's what we've learned, yes. And guess who came among them? The fallen angel. Head honcho. Satan came also among them. Say amen if you know the devil's busy. Hmm. And the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? By the way, you think he didn't know where Satan came from? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. Doesn't Peter say he walketh about? Roaming like a roaring lion? He's still doing it. He was doing it back then. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered who? Who? Come say, say a little bit louder. Who? My servant Job. We good about talking about he's my God. The question is whether or not he calls us his servants. <laughs> Tell us about him, God. That there's none like him in the earth. A perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. When God makes a reference of you, that reference is unimpeachable. Nobody can argue what God says about you because he's always right. The eyes of the Lord in every place beholding what? The good and the evil. Yes. Then Satan answered the Lord. See if we can get there tonight. And said, doth Job God fear God for naught? Doth Job fear God for naught? Well, we'll see. By the way, that's, that's really the answer for all of us. Do we fear God for nothing? The, the, really, the answer is we'll see. It's only a matter of time. You, you don't have to, listen, you don't have to answer the question tonight. It'll be answered. And here's the reasoning. Satan, hast thou not made a hedge of protection about him? Hedge about him, about his house, about all he hath on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands. How many thank God for blessings? His substance is increased in the land. Having, is having stuff sin? No, no if, it, no. if it is, then Job is a big time sinner. Huh? It's never sin to have stuff. It's the sin when your stuff has you. Well, put forth thine hand now. Here's the devil counseling God. Dummy. Touch all that you have. He will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto him, Behold, all that he hath is in thine hand, and thy power only upon himself. Put not forth thy hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Let the church say amen. Father, for thy blessing I plead. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. 
do a work in the teaching and preaching. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for your patience and standing. Why do bad things happen to good people? Job, Job's life really brings to the forefront this question. Job is not alone in circumstances that bring this question much more evidently into play. It's, it's a question that's, that's asked audibly, if not internally, probably every day. And some of us in here have, have asked it. If we haven't said it, we've thought it. I, I don't deserve that. We've made that determination about people. I mean, of all the people, God, that it should not have happened to, not that person. I mean, that person doesn't bother anybody. That person just a loving child of God. That person is faithful. That person is living right. That person is doing right. We hear, we hear of tragedies that happen to people who are walking with the Lord. We hear of we hear of difficult circumstances that occur in the lives of people that are as godly of a person that we know. We, we hear of people losing loved ones. We hear of people being diagnosed with terminal illnesses. And, and we say in our minds and in our hearts, why do bad things happen to good people? So this is why we're studying this because Job is one of those cases. We find ourselves in the story of this man named Job with his life being outlined, first of all, beginning with his stellar description. We, we're going to find out about the man. It's important to know the man before the trial, before you have an expectation about the man during the trials. Anybody listening tonight? It's important to know who you are before the stuff if we're going to find out who you are during the stuff. And that's why we spent time talking about the stellar description of Job. We found out he's from a particular country, us. He's of a personal character. He walks with God. He's perfect and upright. He fears God. He, he hates evil. We, we find out that he's a man with a precious children. He's, he's got 10 of them. He's a man with a, a perceptive conscience. He's, he's concerned, interested, and aware of what's going on with them. He's a man of a prosperous condition. He's got plenty of money. He's someone of a prioritized consecration. He walks with God, but he wants those under his influence to do the same. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not here for yourself. Anything you get from God, you should be giving to other people. Your character should be impactless. Listen, please. If we don't get more Christian people impacting people, the whole world is going to go to hell because there's enough heathens that are impacting people. So it blows my mind that lost people aren't ashamed of their cussing. They're not ashamed of their immorality. They're not ashamed of their same-sex marriage. They're not ashamed of their nudity. Hollywood is not ashamed of its perversion. But Christian people go out in public. They're too scared to pray. They're too scared to pass out a track. They're too scared to speak up, against, speak up for the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me. The world doesn't lack boldness. We just lack boldness in the people who are actually doing right. And so Job says, no, 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 no. I, I walk with God. I want to pass this on to my children. So he's consecrating them. And his principal conduct is to make sacrifices, not just for him, but for his children. Lord, if they're doing wrong that I don't know about God, I'm just laying sacrifices for them because, God, I, I want my life to be a cause for you to have mercy on people who are not doing right. Listen, that's what you know happens when you love God. Listen, when you love God, you love people. And when you love people, you don't enjoy seeing God. God judged them. Let me say that again. 
when you're rubbing your fingers and licking your lips when somebody's getting chastised from by God, you not only prove you don't love those people, you prove you don't love God because you can't love God whom you do not see and not love your brother whom you see every day. And so he comes with a practical consistency. He does what he does continually. Oh, the miracle of consistency. Not just doing right in phases and flash, flashes. Not, not just doing uh, right when it becomes a, a fad, but doing right consistency. Listen to me. If it was ever right, it's still right. If it was ever wrong, it's still wrong. If you shouldn't have done it, you still shouldn't do it. If you should have done it, you still should do it. May God help God's people to learn the practice of consistency. So here is Job with a stellar description, and then we entered into his severe distress. We spent several weeks looking at the spiritual arena, and listen, here's what you see when you look at the spiritual arena. First thing you see is God sitting on the throne. Can I get an amen tonight? Somebody's got to look up. Somebody came to church, and the reason why you're discouraged is because all of your focus has been what's going on down here, and you can't make logical sense out of what's going on down here. And here's what you got to do. You got to realize that while it's happening down here one way, it looks totally different up there. There is a spiritual arena. And by the way, we're supposed to walk in the spirit, which simply means the spirit needs to be thinking for us and not we thinking for ourselves. So here we are in the spiritual arena where God is, where the angels are. And in that spiritual arena, while God is there, you see a sure adversary. Listen, wherever God's busy, Satan's busy too. Always trying to counterfeit what God is doing, trying to counteract what God is doing, trying to circumvent what God is doing. And here is the devil. God is working and Satan is working. It's going to be like that till God throws the devil in the lake of fire and hell forever. Until then, expect the devil to be busy because God is busy. By the way, stop saying the devil's messing with you. He ain't messing with you unless you're messing with him. So if you're not doing anything for God, you're not worth his time. I'm talking about the devil's time. He is not running behind people who are not living for God. You are already doing the devil's bidding. He doesn't need to chase you down. You're doing fine without him doing that. The devil is interested in pulling down those who are doing something for God because he knows when they come down, so does their impact. So he's got a target on Job's back. We talked about who the devil is, what he was created as, the, the choice angel, the, the worship leader in heaven with tabrets and pipes falling from heaven because he had pride in him, Isaiah chapter number 14. And now he's, he's no longer the choice angel. He is the, the arch nemesis. He is the adversary of God, and he's got a third of the angelic realm with him. We looked at the, the book of Revelation to show us where we believe that one-third number comes from. So he's got an innumerable num uh, amount of angels, fallen angels, at his disposal and they're all doing his bidding. That's why you need to be right with God because you better be right with somebody who's stronger than the demons of hell are and those on the earth. So the satanic activity of the sure adversary is walking up and down in the earth, going to and fro. I mentioned a few moments ago the devil's busy. Let's, let's, let's not picture him as a Looney Tunes character with a red suit on and a pitchfork. He is a spiritual being that's smarter than you and I. He has more experience than you and I. He's been around longer than you and I. You, listen to me, listen to me. You are no match for the devil. But watch this now. Right with God, when you're right with God, the devil is no match for you. So we must be sober and vigilant. 
while the devil's looking for something to do, it's amazing that the suggestion, the suggestion on whom to target comes from God. Now watch this. Now why do bad things happen to good people? Here's, here's a good answer to this in Job chapter 1. Because God decides it can happen. Hast thou considered my servant? Look, 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 look. You, the, God, God knew what the devil was up to. And if, if that wasn't bad enough, the devil repeated what God already knew. I'm going to and fro throughout. I'm, I'm looking for somebody to mess with. And in response to the devil's preposterous notion, God says, oh, have you considered my servant Job? Can, can you imagine? I'm looking for somebody to mess with. God says, what, what, what? How have you missed Job? I mean, I mean, devil, if you want somebody to run game on, let me give you a good candidate. My servant Job, who, by the way, is perfect and upright, fears me, and eschews evil. Hey, listen, hey, stay devil. You want somebody to mess with? Mess with Job. Can God suggest the devil mess with you? Well, I want you to notice tonight the silly assumption of Satan. When God gives this suggestion, God gives specific attention. He highlights Job. Uh, let me say this. One of the reasons why some of the children of God are no match for their trials is because before their trials, they're too busy highlighting themselves. See, 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 when you have to bring attention to yourself, you're not ready for the child trial. When you're just living for God and God brings attention to you, he's bringing attention to you to the devil because he knows better than the devil does that you can handle the trial. Don't toot your horn. Be faithful to God. Let God recommend you. Hey, Proverbs says, don't sit in the high seat. Sit in the low seat because if you sit in the high seat, you might be in somebody else's seat and you're going to be embarrassed when you're asked to move because you sat where you weren't. Anybody listening to me, you know what God is saying? Don't promote yourself. Let God promote you because self-promotion is embarrassing when it results in demotion. And so... The devil says, well, I can tell you why. I can tell you why he's perfect and upright. I can tell you why he fears you. I can tell you why he's excused evil. He says, doesn't he fear you for naught? I mean, I mean is, 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 is he really serving you for real? Does, does he really have a deep reverence for you that will last? And then here, here, here's the assumption. I mean, you, you, you've protected him. I'll tell you why he fears you, God. I'll tell you why he hates evil. I'll tell you why he's perfect and upright. Because you've blocked anything from hurting him. You got a hedge about him. You won't let anybody mess with him. You got his. You got a security alarm system on his house. You've you you've got all these. You got Rottweilers around all his possessions. You bless everything that he does. You put all that. Watch, watch this. He's serving you because you made him rich. That's the silly assumption of here, here, here's, here's what the devil wants to prove out of believers. They're only serving God when things are going well. You know what the sad part about it is? He's often right. He's often right. 
when, when that hedge is removed and when, when, when God allows things to happen and when, when folks, listen, listen, I mean, just as little as our, as our public worship in church is so sensitive to what has happened to us in that day. I cannot tell you how many times I've come to church on a Sunday morning and seen a child of God on, on fire for God, happy about God, waving their hands in the song. And on Sunday night, they look like they're sucking sour lemons or prunes or something else. And you, all you know is something happened between the morning service and the evening service, which has derailed their worship of a God. Who is still the same? Moody Christians reveal that their character is not real. And as soon as God allows the devil to mess with them, they break. Look at me tonight. Look at me tonight. Here's the question I want you to go home with Are you breakable? Are you breakable? Are, are, are you bre- What's going to happen when your car breaks down? What's going to happen when you go through a trial? What's going to happen when you lose your job? What's going to happen when somebody you love passes away? What's going to happen when you come under attack? What's going to happen when that sphere of your life that's been protected by God's mercy and grace, when God removes that hedge and says, I'll let you know what's going to happen? Will you prove that you serve God for naught? This is what the devil is Assuming that, that, that the only reason, only reason Christian people actually live for God is because God is so good to them. And if God will choose not to be as good to them, they won't live for God. Look, look, look what the Bible says. Uh, verse number 11. But put forth thy hand now and touch all you have and he will curse thee too. This is what the devil said. This is his assumption. Hey, 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 mess with him. Mess with his money. Mess with his friend. Mess with his blessing. He'll curse you. He'll curse you. He'll curse you. This is what the accuser of the brethren does. This is what Satan and his adversarial personality does. This is what that line dragon, that slew foot devil. This is what this enemy that was that 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 hell was created for. This is what this, this this evil being wants to do. He wants to make a mockery of your Christianity. He wants to question your credibility. He wants to lie on your character. He wants to slander your faithfulness. He wants to make what you do for God just a, a, a subjective lifestyle that will move when things aren't favorable for you. I wish somebody in the building on a Wednesday night would quit complaining about trials and would actually look at adversity as a chance to prove the devil wrong. And many times the reason why people don't look at it that way is because the trial conversely is going to prove the devil right. So please notice the sovereign allowance of God. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thy hand. This, this is sovereign allowance. Put, put, put this down in your notes if you would. The devil is busy, but God has him on a leash. Let me say that again. The devil is busy, 
but God has it. Wait a minute. Did, did, did anybody listen to me tonight? I tried to tell you that there's something going on in heaven that you can't always see down here on earth. And one of the things that happens in heaven that we forget when adversity comes along is this. The devil can only do what God gives him permission to do. Can I get an amen? Listen, now listen, listen, please listen, please listen, because deduction is important in the life of a believer, but that deduction's got to be spiritual and not carnal. You're going to have to deduce do some things based on spiritual principle and precedent. If God is in charge and the devil is subject to God, if the devil wants to hurt you and God bosses the devil and the devil tries to hurt you and God lets him hurt you, if God lets the devil hurt you and the devil hurts you, you got to understand if God is your father and he's working all things out for your good and his glory, that it's okay if God lets the devil hurt you because God let the devil hurt hurt you because he knew you could handle the hurt. Can I get an amen? It's a boat of confidence. It, it, listen, listen, listen. God's allowance in the life of Job in chapter 1 when it comes to Satan touching him and messing with him, God's allowance was a vote of confidence. I trust him. Now, now, here's the problem. We think the only vote of confidence we get from God is blessing. Oh, boy, God, if you're confident in me, if you're confident in me, Genesis chapter 18, I know Abraham. I can bless him. I can multiply his seed as the sand. Oh, yeah, I can bless Abraham. I can be good to Abraham. I can, I can make him like the stars of the sky, and in all, him, in all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in Abraham. I can trust Abraham with blessings. Listen to me tonight, beloved. God doesn't just want a people he can trust with blessings. He wants people he can trust with burdens. I'm asking, can God trust you with burdens? God doesn't want people he can bless with successes. He wants people he, people he can bless with struggles. Not just people he can bless with triumphs, but people he can bless with trials. Can God trust you with burdens? Wow. Listen, so Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. He didn't leave till he got permission. And when he got permission, he left on a mission. Please listen to me tonight. Don't miss this tonight. Satan's mission is limited by God's permission. Satan's mission is limited by God's permission. He can't go outside of God's sanction. You understand that tonight, church? He can't do more to you than what God lets him. And if you don't get anything out of Job chapter 1, you ought to get this. That old lying evil dragon can't do anything to me unless he asks my father first. And I already know my father wants better for me than I want for myself. So if what the devil is doing to me came across the desk of God for approval and God signed off on it, God, who's smarter than I am, must know it's best for me, and I'm going to come out better afterwards than I was before because my father wouldn't have approved it unless it was so. 
So, so just, just get out of your Latissi fit. And just, just spend it all week long. I don't know why this is happening to me. It's not fair. It's a whole lot of other people it should happen to. All I do is do right. All they do is pick on me at the job. And all they do is run me down. And everybody's always saying bad things about me. And now that, first of all, you, first of all, first thing you need to do when everything keeps going wrong in your life, look in the mirror. Because if everybody thinks something about you, it might be true. You got quiet. But Job's problem wasn't everybody was against him. His problem was the devil was against him. And God let him. Because God knew that this was a servant that didn't serve God for what God gave him. He served God for God. Ladies and gentlemen, please hear me tonight. Do you serve God for not? Here's the answer tonight. We'll see. We'll see. You better get your ducks in a row. The trial is coming. Listen. Prove God right and prove the devil wrong. Somebody say amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for the chance, the chance to prove you right. Wow. Help us not to miss the opportunity. Oh, oh, the unthinkable privilege for God to suggest us to Satan and his mission with the stipulation of his permission. Pastor, God spoke to me tonight. I, I want to be the Job on God's list so that I can handle when I end up on Satan's list. Pray for me, would you? Your hand up all over the building. God bless you. Oh, Father, touch your people and use them. Thank you for your precious word. Use us. And may the Bible come alive. May God's confidence in us be demonstrated right here in this life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Aren't you glad you're saved? I stay on course.